When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. I don't even know where to start with my guest, but I'm going to start with the fact that he is a global sensation with, this actually made me laugh, 40 million followers and over 25 billion, yes, with a B, views across his content. Thanks to the funny, upbeat, positive short videos he writes, produces, and stars in, Alan Chicken Chow has taken the screens by storm, and I am excited to get to know this young media phenom. So without further ado, welcome, Alan Chicken Chow, to Group Text. What's up? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I have so much to ask you, but I'm going to start with, what made you want to start making these videos? Sure. So when I went to college at USC, uh, I started making videos as a way to connect with my family. When I went to college, my mom and dad moved to a little town in West Virginia where they had no friends or family. And I saw that they were very lonely. So I started making videos to make my mom laugh. And it's gone from my mom to, like you said, 40 million followers across the world. And I'm so grateful for the journey because it truly came from a place of wanting to bring joy to my parents. Yeah, I get barely get my son to return a text, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. You're making videos out of love and mine refers, and mine replies to text with just the letter K. Um, what video did you watch that inspired you to do this? Because you didn't just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to make videos to make my mom laugh. You obviously grew up watching these. Which, where was the first one that you thought, hmm, I can do this? You know what? I actually got a lot of my inspiration from watching sitcoms and TV. And I saw how people who were stand-up comedians and who were in charge of their own destiny, they were able to create the best content instead of allowing their path to be dictated by other people. So my inspirations really came from Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansari, uh, people like that who created their own stuff and made it. And just with my generation, it just so happens that the most accessible way is creating YouTube videos and TikToks. It's just the new age of how to express your creativity. It's interesting because I watched your videos and I actually see, and I might be getting way too deep into this, but you seem like kind of a deep guy. Um, yep. The resemblance to early filmmaking and the silent comedy directors like and stars like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. What is it about their style, the big exaggerated acting with the, with the emojis and all that? Mm. I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, it's a whole different way of storytelling that really harkens back to the old days of the beginning of cinematic comedy. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love you, Melissa. Like, thank you for recognizing that. First of all, I really appreciate that. I think that um, right now, the biggest um, creators who have created a global impact are able to communicate without words because digital content is global. There's no bounds of distribution in America, then India, then this country. It goes all across the world all at once. Uh, Cabby Lame is someone who, do you know Cabby Lame? No. The TikToker? <laughs> He's like the number one TikToker and he does comedy without words. And Charlie D'Amelio, do you know Charlie D'Amelio? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She um, dances and that's how people consume her creativity is to dance, but you don't have to talk. And so right now I'm trying to focus on this global storytelling so that people from India, people from the Philippines, people from all over the world, or like Nebraska, they can all understand this story. So it's very intentional. Thank you for recognizing that. Because it's very broad comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with almost stunts to it, and you're a step away from like Pratt Falls. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like, um, just like the most exaggerated kind of even prop driven comedy. Um, we're really just trying to hit a global audience and, and, a, and a broad audience. And that's how we've had such a big viewership. What was the first short that you posted that really caught on? The first short was uh, I had a really tough day. Um, in college, I had like two exams and I had like, I think two auditions that didn't go well. You know, those audition stories. I have like so many like crazy. We all so- do. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And um, I just wanted to laugh and bring joy. And um, I created a video that was this cringy pickup line. So I'm going to say it. It was, um, all right, if you're a boy and you're watching this, keep scrolling. All right, ladies, did you know if you smile, you can't breathe? Try it. Just kidding. I just wanted to see you smile. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so bad. How did but, you even come up with that? I just, so I, I posted it and I sent it to my mom and I, I don't know, I, I was like cracking up at how cringe it was at myself. And a bunch of people started duetting it on TikTok and like sharing it and doing their own reactions to it. And that was the first video that got like hundreds of thousands of views. Did you ever sit down and, because you're clearly very smart and very analytical, did you ever sit down and pick it apart and wonder why that one resonated? I think it's because a lot of people wanted to have their reactions to it. And so all these But why that one? Because we see so many videos that are reactions now, or was that just a, were you just ahead of the curve on that? I was super ahead of the curve. That was one thing that I am thankful to myself about. I picked up creating super early. And back then you could do almost like very simple stuff and it would go viral. Now I think there's a lot of content. Everyone's jumping on the train. So it's a lot harder now. Speaking of being analytical, now we really pick apart videos to see what can reach an audience. But at the time it was, more just off the cuff. And I, I love that period. <laughs> do, you, do you miss it? You know what? I 
I loved that period because it was like throwing up spaghetti against the wall to see what works. But now I'm so grateful because I'm truly running a business. I have employees. We um, work with like teams and we're creating more elevated content. And coming in as an actor, I used to do acting for film and TV. That's kind of where my roots are. I studied screenwriting and business at USC. And so I'm thankful for this period too, because I feel like this is what I am skillful at and also what I really enjoy. Were your parents happy that the second part of what you just said is business? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, you want your kid to have like a a worthwhile revenue generating (laughs) education. But the irony is, I think that you can study anything in college and it's more about the relationships that you build. Or I, I always say about the ability to read, write, and have critical thinking. Exactly. Yes. That, that's, if you walk away from college with that, it's been a success. Yes. Agreed. Um, you, 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 I just love, I, I, there's two questions I want to ask. When did you realize you could turn basically making your mom laugh into a brand? Yes. And the, the, the second question, which is a little bit more from an artistic point of view, do you find yourself now censoring yourself create, creatively? Because you are running a business and you are creating for other people. Do you ever think, oh, man, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Or do you give yourself the liberty to film multiple versions? Yeah. Sorry, um, that was spoken like a producer. No, no, I love it. I love it. I love producer. I love this. The first, uh, the first question, I had a moment where I, uh, when I graduated college, I was on, I was actually on a pilot that didn't get picked up. And it Ooh, was which one? Um, <laughs> it was called The Emperor of Malibu on CBS. And, uh, and uh, I went to, it didn't get picked up. Uh, and it was like a dream of mine. And so, you know, I'm like going through this headspace. So I went to Indonesia to volunteer at a school to kind of um, ground myself and be like, stop crying over your, you know, sitcom, this is stupid. Um, and while I was there, the kids were sitting there and they were watching my videos and cracking up. And I tried to convince them like, hey, watch this like indie film that I'm in. Like, that's like where I was like, like tearing my soul apart and and crying on camera but they didn't know how to watch it and they just wanted to keep watching my tiktoks and so at that moment i thought oh wow this is a huge and this is before tiktok was big in america like nobody had tiktok in america at the time and i thought this is a huge moment in like creator history or like in the creator economy that when you post something it goes to every single person across the world all at once. And this is a huge moment where I can turn this ability into creating stories at a high level. Um, For the second question, do I censor myself? I think that we are very particular about certain things like pacing has to be really fast. The comedy has to be really clear. It doesn't have to be like too too exaggerated, but you have to understand what's going on because we don't talk often. And so those are two things that I will 
me and my actors, I always tell them, do it again if it's not clear and if it's not fast. But besides that, we kind of just are able to have fun. How do you, do you figure out a bunch, by the way, my favorite note on set, which just made me laugh because it's such a ridiculous note. That was great. Now do it faster and funnier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Now faster and funnier. Um, <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Funnier? Like, yeah, exactly. Could I like make my face more crazy during it? Yeah. Love, yeah. Love, well, that's yeah. exactly what you're asking them to do, <laughs> but you're yeah. just having, you're going to, it's going to come out of your mouth now. Just faster and funnier to the monster that we've always hated. Yes. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, what is the process? Do you write a bunch and then go out and sort of gang shoot them? Or do you do one in one in one? I would assume in the beginning it was one in one in one, where I'm assuming now it's more of a gang shoot. Like, do you exactly. see, do you have a writer's room? I just hired a writer who is a friend of mine. So we meet on Mondays and we brainstorm the ideas. But before then, for the last three, four years, I wrote everything myself. And I shoot all the videos all in one day. So we'll do a full day of seven videos. And I invite all the actors who are all my friends. We get into the costumes, et cetera. We shoot them all and then we release them all the next week. But in the beginning, it was one in one. Or even in the beginning, it was like out to dinner with friends and like, let's film it like and set it up on this like Coke bottle <laughs> and yeah. do it, you know. Uh, but now it's more uh, uh, systemized. Right. So you don't just say we're going to shoot today and let's see what happens. Yeah. 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 We, we use like what's working and then we do another version of it for the next shoot. Now, do you still, what, how have your, how has your production value changed? Uh, yes. I'm actually sitting in this classroom that I built. Um, I have like, uh, I live in this apartment and I decided to rent another apartment in the same complex down the hall. And I built a classroom and there's like a cafe out, out there and we have like a locker room. And so we definitely have elevated the set because we want it to feel like a universe that um, the, the audience is like, whoa, where are they? Where is this classroom? Where is this cafe? I want to know more about this guy and his friends and where they exist. We're trying to create that, that mystique, that mystery. And so that's one where we're elevating right now. And camera-wise, are you still just using one or are you using multiple? <laughs> we're still using an iPhone for a lot of it, <laughs> but- uh, now, there's a, now there's a plug and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Go buy the new iPhone. We're just shooting on iPhone for a lot of the shorts, but for our long videos, we started using a camera. Wow. <laughs> What's your editing process like? I have an amazing editor uh, named E, and um, I send them all after we shot them, and E edits them throughout the week, and we post it the next day. But in the beginning, I used to edit all the videos myself, 
And if there's something that I need done really fast, or it's so specific that I don't know how to tell someone else to do it, I'll do it myself. And this might be a little bit meta, but I can't imagine that the Alan we're watching is the Alan I'm talking to who has sort of built this empire. I mean, you clearly have two sides to your personality. Um, There's the creative side, the business side. I mean, I've had experience where I will walk into a meeting and they expect me to be goofy and spoiled or snotty and they find out, yeah, I'm funny, but I'm also a savvy, educated business person. Mm -hmm. Have you found that at this point, because you are on the rise, that you walk in, you have these preconceived notions that they have about you that you have to walk in and get past? Yes. I think that a lot of people expect me to be like, and like falling over the table that they have and like really high energy and, um, and just like super goofy and like, like wacko. Um, but, and, and I think in the beginning, even when I was acting, I felt like I had to live up to that when I would meet people. But I think that it's okay to have both sides, you know, I, the, the people who I look up to the most, uh, for example, Mindy Kaling, she's super smart and funny, but she's also like an amazing businesswoman, like an amazing writer and can be serious and talk about deep topics. Yeah, I always remember there was a scene in the movie, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Mommy Dearest, which is like, okay, you need to because it is so over the top fabulous. And it's about Uh Joan Crawford. And there's a moment that she walks into a boardroom and goes, don't fuck with me, fellas. And I always feel like I have to do that at one point in meetings. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because that's like, you need to set the tone. Yeah. Um, you really do a lot of which I love unity through the idea of laughter. And it's really a key premise in your content. How did the ongoing theme start? Because like I said, it really makes me feel like as much as you're an actor, that your true roots are in comedy. Okay. Let me back up. Were you funny as a kid? (laughs) I developed funny as a way to not be bullied <laughs> okay which, which it happens to a lot of people like i you know i grew up in texas and i'm like like people are like you sound like a girl like you know like because i hit puberty later etc um and i started to like make the popular kids laugh like uh there was this one time in class, we had a substitute teacher and you know, you can get away with anything during substitute teacher times. And I started to do like a strip dance uh, um, in algebra class and like take off all my clothes. <laughs> and I got back to the principal's office. No shit. Yeah. Really? <laughs> but I didn't get in trouble because the sub didn't know how to explain what I was doing to the principal. For some reason, she didn't use the word strip. She just said, he kept dancing in the middle of the class. And the principal was like, oh, Alan, like, you're so funny. Like, go be on Dancing with the Stars. Like, she didn't understand the context <laughs> that I was like taking my clothes off. So as a kid, I developed funny. Um, and uh, the, the mission statement, Unity Through Laughter, comes from that moment in Indonesia where I felt like we can really bring people together from around the world based off of certain relatable things that all humans can relate to. And I think that's beautiful. We're all connected in that way. Someone who's 
a five-year-old in India can find the same thing funny as someone who is a 55-year-old guy in Nebraska. And that's a beautiful thing about humanity. I mean, one of the things you always realize is you can't, you can disagree and you can not like, you can't hate someone if you laugh together. Yeah, yes, that's so true. You can't hate someone if you, if you, I mean, you can be fighting with someone over politics and if you both laugh, you've, you've taken the air out of the balloon of hate. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, it makes you realize that you share something in common if you're laughing together. And there's so many sitcoms and so many shows and movies that have taught beautiful, valuable lessons through comedy. I was watching your interview with Eric McCormick from Will and Grace and how it's amazing how they uh, used Will and Grace as a way to, um, tell a positive message about acceptance, but it wasn't preachy. It was just them being funny on their show. And I think it's beautiful. Oh, look at you doing your research. Um, (laughs) So you are a deliberately strong voice for good in the AAPI community, and you work to amplify those voices in the media. I would say, how did this come about? But it was been such a rough year Mm-hmm. or years across the board. How did, did, why did you feel compelled to do this specifically through your comedy? Yeah, I, um, you know, as an actor for film and TV, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I've got to play amazing roles, be in some of my dream shows. But I know that's not the case for a lot of people of color. They face a lot of discrimination um, in their careers. And so um, a lot of my friends are Asian actors or actors of color. And when I had the ability to, I always wanted to give back to those people who I know deserve to show their talent. And so it's been a deliberate way to give back to the community that's been supportive of me always. What was the most, you just brought some of your favorite shows. What were some of your favorite shows that you got to be in? Like, I want to be a body on Law & Order. (laughs) Oh my gosh, wait, I have a funny story about one of my first auditions in LA. So um, when I moved to LA, like, you know, you're like, First time in the big city. My first audition was for a procedural. Like, I don't know. It wasn't Law and Order, but it was something like that. But it was for Spray Tagger number three. (laughs) And there was only one line. But I was like, okay, I'm going to show this city what I'm made of. So I, like, wrote this backstory that, like, my dad was of uh, an artist and he went to jail. and And I'm doing this so I can, like, avenge his, his, his life. And I go to the audition, so pumped, so ready. And the casting director brings me in and they're like, action. And then I I do the scene and I go, you got me with a tear streaming down my eyes. And they were like, uh, okay, what? Cause (laughs) like spray tagger number three. And the scene is just like supposed to be like, you got me. And then it goes to the next scene. It's not supposed to be about this like, random guy. There's like three spray taggers. Why is one of them crying? <laughs> but you know what? I left that audition feeling like a great actor. <laughs> Did you get the part? 
I did not. <laughs> I don't think they wanted to build the story about spray tiger, spray tiger number three. What was it like the first time you got recognized in public? Oh, um, it was really early on. Um, I only had like maybe like 50,000 followers at the time. I know I say that and people are like 50, only 50,000 followers. <laughs> I have but, five. <laughs> five passionate fit no you have so much more come on yeah um but uh i was walking uh on the street called sawtell in la and um there was this group of girls and they just kept on whispering like tiktok tiktok tiktok, TikTok. and they started to say it louder like tiktok 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 <laughs> like they felt like just by saying that i would like get called over to their like flock of women and so <laughs> that was the first time by now there's been so many amazing fans um one sticks out in particular where i did a meet and greet and a fan she wore red because she knows that red is my favorite color but it's crazy because i only said that as a fun fact in like minute 5.30 of like a really like uh, long ago YouTube video that didn't get many views. So it's like a deep cut, you know, like, right. like something you thought no one watched. The, hidden, watched. the hidden track. Exactly. And so that meant a lot to me because I was like, oh, wow, you watch everything. Even, even the videos that I feel like no one's watching. So do you get mobbed now? When we were at VidCon, um, I wanted to take a photo with this billboard that had um, my picture on it. And we wanted to sneak over there for just like one minute, take the photo and leave. And it ended up being three hours of basically a meet and greet because of how many fans like kept on coming up to us uh, at VidCon. So that was definitely like a, a crazy experience. But I think day to day, to be honest, I don't even leave my apartment that much because I have a gym here and I work here. So I leave my apartment maybe once every two weeks. And if I'm in like a more mature environment, like open air or Bel Air where you grew up, it's okay. <laughs> it's going to the mall that's tricky. Yes. And yeah. airports must be tricky. E yeah, they yeah, they can be for sure. Um, but definitely malls, definitely malls. <laughs> um, you at the ripe old age of 26 now are a mentor to a lot of people. You know, a lot of creators want to be the next Alan at the ripe old age of 26. Does that, does that freak you out when people say, oh, my God, I've watched you since I was a child? It, it does. <laughs> it really does. Because I'm like, aren't you a child now? Like, I got this uh, comment on one of my videos recently uh, saying, OMG, I used to have a crush on him when I was a kid. And I'm like, what is kid? I've been making videos for three years. So you mean you're 10 now and you were seven then? Like, yeah, exactly. You're just, <laughs> crap, so, I feel old. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do really... I'm, I'm grateful for the fans that they're, they're awesome. And I, and I want to inspire them to show that when you create with a positive intention and a positive message in mind, that's when really things really start to take off. Um, what's your personal life like? Besides not leaving, now we know you never leave your apartment. Yeah. No, I mean, that's um, not true. You walk down the hall. I walk down the hall. Yes. And I, assume I walk, walk back. I do walk back. 
And my neighbors are fans, so sometimes I get recognized in that in that walk down the hall. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's tricky. The thing about being a creator is there's no limit. Like there's no limit to how much you can create. It's not like a network show where you're expected one episode per week, which by the way is so much, anyways. But there's always this like feeling that you can be doing more. And so I'm trying to work on that balance. But right now it's a lot of work and <laughs> not that much hanging. But I love my family and if I have downtime, I always spend it with them. Okay, are you single or committed relationship or is it complicated? <laughs> I'm single. I like to play games with my guests. So we're going to play a game called Rosebud Thorn. And okay. if you don't know how to play, it's very easy. Rose is something you've done in the past year that you've loved or dis or proud of. Bud is something new that mm. you've done or experienced that you're like, oh, this is awesome. And Thorn is something that was tough or that you just did not like in the past year. So Rose. Rose, something I've done that I'm very proud of. Hmm. This is a, yeah. Um, I am really proud of my relationship with my parents. Like I am so grateful that I'm in a space of my life where I can have this uh, apartment where they come and they can stay all the time and we have the financial abundance to be able to visit each other at any time. And that's why I started creating videos in the very beginning. And so I'm super grateful for that. My relationship with my parents and my brother. Um, Bud, something that you but, discovered this year that you weren't expecting to like. Ooh, I... I'm really excited this year about this series that we're doing on my channel. It's called Alan's Universe. And it's like Euphoria meets K-drama on YouTube. And we just released the first episode yesterday, I believe it was. Um, and so you can check it out on my channel right now. It's a exciting new series. Okay, that this I'm is where we're different. Mine's Pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking about pickleball. It's, Everyone is talking about pickleball. It's really fun. Um, when, you're like, when, you're when, like this new series of like pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> I now I want to try pickleball. I'll take you. I'll take you to play. Okay, and Thorn, what was Something your like, oh shit moment this uh, year? Um, let's see. I, I tried intermittent fasting and um, it made me really angry. And I kept on snapping at people and getting like, so like, like, oh my God, like, why is this, like, why is this happening? Like, and uh, yeah, so I regret that because I feel like I, I, I had a lot of snaps. That's a, per the that's a perfect answer. You know, like those hours right before you, you can eat. Those, that's when all the conflict starts. See, I <laughs> like, try... I started it during COVID. Oh, oh no. But you're at home and all you can do is eat. Right. But that's where it was like, I'm not feeling pressure to eat. I'm not doing that. But I also cheated because I just counted the hours from my last meal rather than having set hours. Ah, uh, I think, okay. Yeah. 
people say that it's so healthy for you, but yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of dying. <laughs> I'm kind of dying over here. Like, I, I don't know how we're supposed to do this all the time. And if I'm dying, I also might take someone with me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your son? No, he, he's, dead. He's, dead. he's dead. He's like, he would just stay in his room. Ellen Chicken Chow, check him out on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> And anywhere else you get your content. This has been so fun. Same. I love you. Oh, I love you too. You're like, you're a YouTuber. Well, we could, we got to talk. We could be friends. Yeah. But we could do, we could be totally do everything over Zoom because you know why? I don't like leaving my house. (laughs) (laughs) We're the same. Exactly. You, you just walk down the hall from your bedroom to your office. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the walk. <laughs> Thank you. A Media Production.